accepted. And then, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance podcast by Gabi Abdelgadir. Today is episode 124. I have another incredible uh, young lady for you here who is very passionate uh, of for helping people with mental health. So I'm going to introduce her to you. I will please do connect with her. I will post her social media and her bio on both Podbean and YouTube. Do get in touch with her. She can be of great help. Melissa, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. How did you get into mental health? Okay. Um, I own a company called Brain Train Centers, okay. and we work with mental health in a bit different way than your uh, than what you hear of counseling or coaching. Um, we do something called neurofeedback therapy, okay. and this is a form of biofeedback. We use technology to help retrain the brainwave activity. So, oh, wow. yeah. So um, I entered into this field about 11 and a half years ago and then started my business 10 years ago. Uh Um, I was working for a doctor that had it and I loved the results that the families and individuals were having with um, mental health, anything from anxiety, ADHD, depression, PTSD. um, And I was seeing this awesome therapy help retrain the brains uh, so they can overcome symptoms uh, so I went out and started my own business in September. It'll be 10 years. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. And can you tell me how does it work? Is it something that they have to wear? Like, can you explain yeah. that neurofeedback? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what happens first is we do a brain assessment. It's called a QEEG, which stands for quantitative electroencephalogram. And in normal words, all that means is we're doing a recording of the electric signals in the brain. So kind of like a sleep study, but while you're awake and it's only for 30 minutes. So we're, we're, we're recording the brainwave activity and then we upload it to a database, which is the quantitative part. And we're comparing it to normal, abnormal brain activity patterns to mm-hmm. see why someone might be suffering from a symptom of mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, ADHD, all that I mentioned before, insomnia, um, yeah. because the way our brain fires has a lot to do with how our brain is functioning and may even get stuck kind of in those loops or patterns of um, pathways. Oh, wow. You need to come to Canada. Yes, I'm coming. I'll be there. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. So that's how you find out what this person is missing and that's how you treat them. Exactly. So we're not allowed to diagnose, but we can assess the brain. So it's kind of like going to a gym and you're getting an assessment of the strong and weak parts of your body. We do the same thing for the brain. We scan, map the brain is better term for it. And then we provide the therapy along with that. Now we might also refer out to a chiropractor, counselor, acupuncture, massage, all the other great therapies out there along with what we do. But we specifically focus on the neurofeedback. So if the client is a candidate for neurofeedback, if it's something we truly can or feel like we can help with, then they start doing neurofeedback with us, which they come in 
two to three times a week into the office over a course of three, six or nine months, somewhere around there, depending on medication, history, trauma. And when they come in, that's the fun part is we actually use an audio visual feedback loop. It's all based off of operant conditioning, which in psychology, people that have taken psychology course, you know, first year of college, we learned about Pavlov's dogs and how um, when you get a positive reward, then usually you can create more of a behavior to happen that becomes more long-term. So that's all we're doing with neurofeedback is we're creating a uh, positive feedback to the brain activity by doing um, audiovisual. Like every time the brain goes into the positive brain activity, the screen will brighten up on in front of the person. Wow. So the brain is actually in control of a closed loop feedback. So it's getting lifetime feedback on how it's working. It's like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is crazy. But the reality is, is we use feedback all day, every day. When we wear our Apple watches or Fitbit watches, and it gives us a feedback of our heart rate, that's biofeedback. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do, except it's not for your heart rate or your temperature. It's for your brain activity. For your brain, yeah. So how long in those uh, two, three uh, days a week, how long each session would it take? 30 minutes, 30 minutes, but, but the package is 30 visits minimum, depending, again, on trauma, history, medication. Sometimes it's 40, 60, 80, again, all depending on history and how the brain assessment shows up. If it's looking a little worse, let's say, than someone, you know, than someone that's maybe younger, that's not on any medication, they might start with just 30 visits. So 30s are minimum up to, you know, however many that person might need. Might need, yeah. And then what has the success rate been for you guys so far? Oh, it's so wonderful. I mean, I we work with this young, well, some of so here's the thing i own a few offices and i've now licensed my business so i have partners and offices across the country of the united states oh, all the way wow. from hawaii california texas st louis like florida so they're all women business owners and wow. the reason i'm bringing that up is because just this morning i got a text message from the partner in san um in uh dallas texas okay. opened up 2 months ago And she wanted to know if she could work with her two-year-old niece. And I'm like, well, I've never worked with that young. Like usually four years old is the youngest, but you know, it's not going to hurt her. There's one specific protocol you could do. And they were bringing her in for verbal, like she's never spoken a word and she's never spoken a word. So I get a message, a text message. First thing when I wake up this morning, I look and she says to me, um, We started neurofeedback about four weeks ago. My niece said no words all her life, only two years of life, but still two. She said mom, dad, nothing. This week, she counted to 10 out loud. Are you serious right now? I'm so serious. I have the goosebumps. Like, it's the most exciting. You just gave me goosebumps. I cried this morning. I was so excited. Two years old. She counted to 10. She's never said a word before this. And she and she sent me the recording of her counting. Oh, my God. I know. It's so amazing because when you think about the brain, when we when we talk about mental health, right, we always talk about 
and don't get me wrong, I think it's important to talk about it, but we always talk about mindset. And the problem is, is when we only talk about mindset, we're missing a whole nother part, which is the, the brain itself, yeah. right? And so a lot of people aren't educated in brain structure, brain wave activity. More people know about brain structures versus like how the brain actually operates and the brain waves and the neural connections and all of that. Yeah. So the thing is, the way I always talk about it is like, when your hardware is not working on a computer and you try to put brand new software on it, it's not going to run smoothly. Right. So if you're trying to put brand new software, like all these wonderful things, don't get me wrong, like journaling, gratitude, all the wonderful counseling tools that we can use, but your hardware is not working and can't process it. You're wasting a lot of time and effort to download brand new software. That's not going to run properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we get a lot of amazing results just in not just the cognitive executive processing, like speaking words or um, memory and focus. Those are our cognitive part of the brain. And a lot of people only associate that with brain when in reality, a lot of the emotions we work with have to do with the brain and how it's firing. If your brain is stuck in um, firing too fast all the time, you're going to be stuck in an anxiety pattern. Yes, so, you do. Yeah. So, so the results that we get are amazing. I mean, that's the youngest before the youngest I worked with was about four and a half. Very similar. She had encephalitis. Um, encephal. Is that it? She had <laughs> like a swelling of the brain, a little bit yeah. of a swelling, but also like cognitively behind for her age. So we started working with her amazing results all the way up to as old as 86 years old that we've worked with. And that was for depression and insomnia and people coming off medications after 20, 30 years of being on them. And of course, we never tell anyone to come off their meds. They do this alongside with their doctor. They slowly come off their medications that they don't want to be on for the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not good either. So I am not a great believer of antidepressants because the, they could help you in one area, but the side effects could be much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, got any medication for that matter. But mm-hmm. my question to you would be, when you spoke about this two-year-old girl who never spoke and then all of a sudden she counted one to 10, mm-hmm. how would it work, you think, for kids who are autistic? Yes, we have worked with children with autism and that's a big reason I went into it. One of the big reasons is one of the families I worked with at the doctor's office where I learned how to do this. They actually had a lot more kids than even I have coming to my offices and many of them had autism um, or were diagnosed with autism. And one family in particular is a big reason I started my own office. And this family, she was a nurse and her son was diagnosed with autism. Um, very sensitive, like sensory processing, right? And so he didn't like to be touched, hugged. He did not like to go in water. Like he didn't like to take baths, things like that. So that sound, some of them, any sound would get them, uh, drive them crazy. Yeah, exactly. Loud noises, bright, bright lights, things like that. Lots of sensory processing issues with children with autism. And so, um, They started doing neurofeedback. Now, they were already doing speech therapy, occupational therapy, this, that, every single therapy you could think of. And then they found neurofeedback, which is pretty normal. Lots of people hear about it last and they're like, I've never heard of it. It's been around since the 1960s, but lots of people have not heard of it. 
um, they came to us and after about 20 sessions, she came in so excited because he is now in swim class going under the water, like loving it, jumping off the side, everything like, like, a like, I don't want to say normal kid, but a kid that didn't have as many issues with sensory processing as he never even wanted to take a bath before because oh, he didn't wow. in the water. So um, everything from sensory processing for children with autism, all the way up to speech, like speech, yeah. delivery, speech therapy. Yeah. Um, so we've had results with that up to like just feeling more confident because sometimes even children with autism or even children with anxiety or ADHD, they get very um, like insecure and less confident. And then it makes them seem more immature for their age. And yeah. in reality, it's just their brain hasn't been able to process as fast as maybe someone without autism. So we yeah. can help kind of speed up the brain so that they can process a little bit better, process emotions a little bit better, things like that. So it's yeah. very commonly used in um, the the life of families with autism. Families with autism. And autism has the stages too that are like the mild ones and there are the severe autistic kids who scream all the time, who cry all the time, who break things all the time. I am sure that would be great. Oh my God, I've never heard of this before, but that is incredible. Is. Oh my God, yeah. So do you normally interview them when they come in before you start doing the assessment? Yeah, so we get a full history. Um, we have a whole process when someone finds out about us or someone tells them about us or sees one of our ads or whatever we're doing to get clients in. Um, they go through a process. So our first person is Megan down in Florida. She speaks to them. She gets all their history, what's going on, what they've tried before, what they know about neurofeedback, gives a full education before they even come into the office. Because okay. that's really important to us is that people understand what is going to happen, what we're doing, our results, that type of thing. And we also have to be very honest with all the clients is like, we don't know how each person's brain is going to react to it. Some yeah. people are like, fast responders, some are slow. I've had maybe a handful in 10 years not have a big change, which is very low percentage of people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. What about those who already take medication for like anxiety, depression? Still, they can continue taking medication and do this neurofeedback. They can, they can. And we don't require them to come off. We don't ask them to come off. In fact, we ask them to stay on their prescription as their doctor ordered. But the cool thing about neurofeedback is when you do neurofeedback, the brain does change chemically. So mm -hmm. as the brain changes chemically, better um, natural function of hormones and all that in the brain start to increase. So what happens is the medication starts to be too high and then they could go back to their prescribing doctor and ask them if that's their goal to come down because what may happen is they might experience some side effects of the medication because now the brain is working in a healthier way and the medication doesn't need to be as strong. So that's usually what happens. It's not always the goal of people, but that's naturally what usually happens if they're on medication. Oh, wow. So how do how do people come to you, find you? Like, it, I know you're all over the U.S. right now, yeah. but how do people, how do people find out about your your business? Like, your how do I market? Yeah. How do I market? 
Yeah. Um, well, since I've been in, so I'm down in Atlanta, well, like a little bit north of Atlanta, about 30 miles north up in Marietta and Kennesaw. And we opened a third one up in Woodstock area, which is about 40 minutes north of the city. So um, since I've been here for about 10 years, I, I network and combine with a lot of local businesses. We, okay, that yeah, makes sense. So, that's what I did. I got my name out there. Many people in the area know what Brain Train Centers is, but we also still do um, Facebook advertisements, okay. um, lots of word of mouth. Uh, the new offices, like we have five new offices that opened since January. Oh, wow. Yeah. All, so Hawaii and Texas and St. Louis and Woodstock, Georgia, and this month is um, Oklahoma City. These are the five newest offices and they're all getting clients in just from either word of mouth. Mouth. Yeah. Sharing or the Facebook ads. Some of them are running Facebook ads. So, yeah. So you're getting testimonials from people who have done it. You're getting, mm -hmm. yeah, because that makes a huge difference, right? People first thing they want to go is they want to see the reviews and the testimonials, right? Oh my God. That is beautiful because honestly, I have never heard of this before. I am an avid reader and I read about health. I read about this, but I have never heard of this people getting treated the way you guys are doing it. Yeah. I know that people are sent for counseling, seeing psychiatrists like social workers or mental health institute. If it's too bad, mm. uh, definitely prescriptions. Yeah. Leave it up. yeah. Prescriptions, but I've never mm. heard. This is absolutely incredible. I wish like something like that would open in Canada. I mean, seriously. There are people in Canada. I have colleagues there, not my offices, but I have people that I know yeah. um, in Canada and I could send you where they're at if you want. And yeah, because um, I can recommend them to people who have like, uh, I know people who have like um, uh, severely autistic children. And I know a lot of people who go through uh, depression and yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. You, we just open one there and you'll be the person. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. My God. I am so excited to hear this. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, and that is true. I mean, I license my business now like a franchise, and it's all women business owners across the country. And anyone, any especially women, I'm not against partnering with men, but it's just so amazing that um, you know especially moms and women that have been, you know, raising children or been around the children, they um, see the need a lot more and they're yeah. more open sometimes. I'm not saying there's men that aren't, but um, it's just worked out that way. So that's what I'm sticking to right now is just women business partners and opening up offices all over. Beautiful. Does it help with postpartum depression? PTSD? Yes, absolutely. So I actually have a nonprofit side of our business. It's for veterans and first responders. So police, fire, EMT, nurses. Um, and we have had that for six years. So yes, it absolutely does. Because what's cool is that during this therapy, you're not necessarily reliving or talking. We don't do talk therapy at all. It is important to do talk therapy. But what we're doing is retraining that brain pattern so then when you do talk about it you can process it in a healthier way does that make sense yeah. yeah 
Yeah. So we definitely have worked with, um, in our nonprofit alone, we've worked with over 150 heroes. Our nonprofit's called Healing Our Heroes. And um, if they're diagnosed with PTSD or a brain injury, like a concussion from a bomb or something like that, then we will work with them cost-free. And women who have just delivered the baby, I have gone through that myself. And yeah. uh, and then they have this uncalled for, unexpected depression, and some Absolutely. of them become suicidal, you know? Yeah. What about those, you, you help those kind of Absolutely. women as well? Okay. We do, and we even work with women while they're pregnant. Because oh. Absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh, really? It's, I mean, I have two little girls, and when I was pregnant, there's a there's sometimes a deep anxiety. So I ended up with two C-sections and I, I can honestly say that it's something deep inside my subconscious that would not allow my body to open up because naturally as women, our bodies are designed to do that. I have hips to open up. Like, <laughs> like so there is something. And for both children, I, I did not dilate more than four centimeters. I had to get C-sections and oh, that was so like, then you feel like as a mom, like you, at least I did, not everyone who's had a C-section, but I, after I had two C-sections, I felt like I failed in the birthing process. Oh. So then you get depressed about that and then you get depressed. Yeah. So I completely understand what you're saying. I've dealt with that and we deal with, we work with women even while they're pregnant to help with some of that subconscious healing of um, anxiety of going through birth especially first time moms yeah my god like for me uh, i only have one child and uh, i remember i was crying every day uh melissa every for five months yeah every yeah. day all you had to do is say to me like i have to feel it's genuine question not just like somebody oh, how are you doing no but if you genuinely i feel it like how are you doing gabby i would just start bawling my eyes out and then a song comes from the 90s that I really loved or reminded me mm -hmm. my friends who are no longer here my family who is no longer with me here in Canada mm -hmm. then I start bawling my eyes out somebody says something nice to me I cry something anything I cried and then not only that there were times I just shared this with a colleague uh, there were times many times at night I pray God, if you love me, please don't make me, don't let me wake up tomorrow. Yeah. It was that bad. But I had mm. two good friends who always like, no, you're going out. We're going out for dinner. And I don't feel like going out. I don't feel like dressing up. No, you're going out. So I had two great friends uh, that were really uh, there for me. Um, they had children of their own. So uh, maybe they understood, but a lot of people don't understand. No, a lot yeah. of people don't understand. There's so many changes in your hormones, in your body. Yes. You're trying to breastfeed. You're trying to do, be a, the best mom because you have to be, you know, and so it's totally understandable. So besides the hormones, then our brains do sometimes get stuck in that depression. And so we can help them get unstuck and it's not instant, you know, it's not like, oh, come in for one visit. You're going to feel amazing. It's not like that because the hormones do change so much too. They do, they do. And then, uh, so for anybody who is listening today uh, on, on on this conversation and going through what we're discussing, please know going forward that there is help. Even if you have to travel to the US, it's worth your time because you don't want to go through what I personally have gone through. I did not talk to my doctor. I had a family doctor. I did not talk to him. 
-hmm. I remember one day I said, then how are you doing, Gabby? I was just crying. He just handed me, he went out, another box of tissue. I must have cried for 20 minutes nonstop. And I told him, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. No. I'm fine. Yeah. No, yeah. you're not fine. Yes, I'm fine. And uh, yeah, but after five, I think month six is when, and luckily my son was such a happy baby. He slept oh, all night through. Oh, uh, I know like that. And then, so he was such a good baby uh, compared to what I see from other people crying right. all night and all that. Yeah, he was a good baby. And uh, mm -hmm. I think on month six is when I started to feel a little bit better, cry less. Uh, be sad less you know started to go out more and uh, yeah so if you're going through something similar you have a child that is struggling like with uh, autism or uh, PTSD or ADD you know now that there is a different kind of help besides prescriptions so that is my advice my god that was absolutely beautiful what are the signs people should be looking for to realize that this person is going through something what mm. what what should they be looking for yeah a lot of questions that we ask even individuals that reach out or their families in them is you know lack of motivation like feeling apathetic unmotivated um you know if depression's really bad you know they maybe they stop taking a, a shower stop taking care of themselves hygiene hygiene mm -hmm. um not being able to hold the same conversations. I mean, especially with our loved ones, we know when something's going on, you know, and yeah. if they get stuck in that, you know, some families and even mine was like, you know, just, you know, you'll be fine. Suck it up. Suck it up was a big thing, you know, suck yeah, it up. Yeah. You'll be fine. Mental health wasn't talked about a lot in my family. No. Just keep going, do your thing, go make your money, hustle, grind, pay your bills, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. But the families that truly pay attention and unfortunately it's getting younger and younger for our children is like they're dealing with more anxiety and I will say it's most likely because of phones and the way that we interact with each other now you know yeah. they're on devices all day even at school they are not even writing as much they're using laptops like I mean there's so much going on in our world that it's really overwhelming even kids brains and yeah. have so much more anxiety so it's not that you just suck it up this is our environment that we are in that we're putting our kids in like you know one big thing and I'm not judgmental of other families however especially if you're single parents like I'm I'm divorced now so I have my girls alone when they're with me and then they go to their dads but as like parents with little kids and they go let's say to dinner at the restaurant and they hand them their phone immediately because they don't want them to make noise at the dinner table or whatever it is yeah unfortunately that's causing more damage to the brain it is it is agreed so agreed. that's one thing me and my ex-husband who we co-parent great together we really focus on um limiting screen time for the kids like I have a four-year-old there's only one game on my phone and it's a coloring game when we go on long trips you okay. know so if I give any recommendation especially with our kids like when you go out or when you're home even try to limit the screen time and do more activities like coloring together or you know playing that creative games like imagination because I think our kids are losing that a lot because they're just so over stimulated by the 
by the phones and laptops by the phones and the tablets and the thing and then i think what people are not realizing is that the electromagnetic the emf electromagnetic yes. frequency is yeah. very damaging to the brain yes so yeah so i have right. something that i got for my i didn't actually his my best friend got it for him that he puts between him and his laptop that protects uh, him from the AMF. And then I have a necklace that I wear. Uh, also, she got it for me. She's very spiritual. And then, oh, yeah, this is like our kids. That's why this is happening, AMF. So when they're like one year old, two year old, three year old, they're stuck on a tablet all day long. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the AMF, what it's doing to their brain? Oh, no good. Yeah. No good. yeah. Even it's us adults. Yeah. I mean, it's really just turning the brain into this zombie-like pattern, just like you know, like, I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's talking, which one, which I'm one is she? I'm going to show you. See, she, this is what yeah. we do when we get home. So she's sitting okay. at the table and she's, oh, Elia, say the... hi. Hi. <laughs> she's shy. What is, is she yeah. coloring? What is she doing? She's coloring. coloring. She's coloring. Yeah. Oh. And she's made to get home to color. And the other night we sat in, and it's good for us too, as moms and yeah. as adults, to disconnect, I, I'm going to admit, I'm addicted to my phone. Like, it's easy to be addicted. So how can I, as a mom, be like, Elia, how can I, as a mom, be like, get off your phone? And then I'm sitting here, like. Holding your cell phone, yeah. 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 So the other night, we, we sat and colored some photos together. And it was really nice to have that break. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good for you. My God, you're incredible. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm so glad you joined the CLA. Otherwise, we would have never met. I know. Me that, is, that is one of the things that I like about this group is that uh, it's that like I have met so many great people because I was one of the founding members, right? Oh, you cool. just joined yeah. recently. And then I know that I have made lifetime friendships, even though we have not, some of us, we have not met in person yet. We're going to meet in October, but the Canadian yeah. ones, finally, two weeks ago, we had, they had, there was a, one of them, two of them had an event. So a bunch of us Canadians went, it was like about an hour and a half or two hour drive. Yeah. We went, we met and took pictures uh, for the first time. But there are so many incredible people and I'm so glad you responded to my uh, request and I'm so glad we had this conversation Thank and you. I'm sure we still need to do a Zoom coffee meeting because this yeah. is nothing to do with uh, the other stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what advice would you give parents first? Let's start with parents. Parents first is we have to be the better example and it's hard. I, I'm talking to myself when I say this. We definitely have to be the better example is that when we feel like everything's such an urgency, it's not. You know, we don't have to answer every email right away. We don't have to answer every text right away. We can put our phone down and turn it off, put it on do not disturb when our when we're home for dinner, sit down at the dinner table, have dinner like the old ways. Um that's one thing, one step, because our kids are going to follow our example. And so um, that's one big thing. And just to be very aware of how much time you're spending on screens, both you as a parent and then how much you're allowing your children to be on. To be on and what to watch for as they start to growing up, what to watch for when it comes to mental health. 
Yeah, some those big things to watch for. I mean, even just the change in attitude, I don't know. I can tell, like my 12-year-old, I let her be on device a little too long. And when she is, she turns into kind of a rude person sometimes. <laughs> no, but that's nothing to do. Trust me, like now, I think all of them are like that, 12, 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I feel you. like yeah. when she's not in the devices very much and we go out and we go to the park or we go roller skating or whatever, it's like a totally different person. Different person, yeah. Oh. Not just because we're active together, but I think it's that true time that you spend with your family is like, it's so life-changing. You're creating memories. You're creating those pathways in the brain to yeah. remember those like core memories and things like that. Absolutely. And, yeah. And how important that is. So, yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. Great advice. What about schools? Let's get to schools. What is your advice when it comes to the kids, to the teachers or principals? Oh, gosh. Well, okay. So, here's the thing we homeschooled my 12 year old so far since she was five. Really? Good mm -hmm. for you. Now, we are looking to put her in public school, and I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little nervous. I feel like schools are, um, they are important. I'm not going to like say anything bad about them, yeah. but I do also feel that teachers are overwhelmed. There's way too many kids in one class and so many kids learn different ways. There's many kids that learn verbally, like they, they learn better by listening and not looking at a board, but like listening and processing that way. Some kids look or learn by watching or learning Visual. by visual yeah. something by doing and unfortunately when there's one teacher and 30 kids you cannot make sure that everyone's learning the way they're supposed to learn or the way that they can learn you so they automatically, the the teachers automatically say this kid is an issue either a bad kid a kid with adhd a kid they're like diagnosing when they shouldn't be I've had so many families come and say oh my teacher told me to go get tested for ADHD they think my kid has ADHD first of all teachers aren't even supposed to do that that's not ethical for them to do yeah. and second they don't know they don't even know that it's ADHD or a learning processing disorder or a visual processing like there's so many other things that it could be don't just yeah. label the kids yeah so, so true so don't label so yeah. that's your advice is i think they need more budget the schools they need more classrooms and i think 30 kids or even 20 in one classroom is way too much if you ask me yeah it yeah. is too much yeah okay so now let's go to the workplace mm, the workplace um we spend so much wasted time working like in corporate offices. I'm sorry, my dog's barking in the back. I have it's a okay. I can't hear I, I didn't hear it. I didn't okay, hear it. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um a lot of workplaces, luckily your place of work is uh is really focused on health and wellness. And I think oh, yeah. a lot of places are getting better at it or or they're saying they are. But the thing is, is if you're stuck at your desk for eight hours a day and have no time to even go have lunch and then you have lunch at your desk. It is so unhealthy. It's going to cause depression. It's going to cause anxiety. It's going to cause um, just so much, so many issues with mental health. So I feel that more offices should be more lenient with how how workers show up. Not like they need to be there, but like how they do their work, just like in a classroom. There are workers in corporate offices that learn better by doing, hearing, 
visual, whatever it may be. Um, and many people need breaks of like getting fresh air, sunshine. Um, I feel like one big goal of mine is to put a neurofeedback mind room in corporate offices so they could actually take a 30 minute break and go do neurofeedback in the middle of the day. So oh, like wow. train their brain, like that's one of my goals is to get into a corporate office like that. Cause places like Google that have like the pods that you could go meditate in, you know, more places should be like that in my opinion. We, ha we have that as well. Like we did mm -hmm. meditation this week. We have a lot of uh, professionals who come and talk about mental wellness, like where I am right now. Oh my God, it's incredible. That's yeah, and then every place should be. Every office should be that way, especially those high stress ones like the financial offices, hedge funds, things like that. Yeah. It's a lot of stress. And um, I really would see more. I feel that if CEOs and owners of those companies wanted more productivity in their workspace, they're going to provide more of the health and wellness um, outlets for their people because I bet you probably, I don't know, there's probably some statistic out there where it's like out of eight hours of work a day, most people are only getting like two or three hours of work done. I don't know if you've heard of something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I did. I did see a research yeah. of some sort, something like that. Yeah. yeah, because people are so unproductive because they get like sidetracked or whatever it may be. And they and don't lots of interruptions. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't lots of care. meetings, lots of mm -hmm. meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't stay focused and they're wasting time on things where if they took that 30 minute meeting and turned it into 30 minute meditation or 30 minutes of neurofeedback, it would create more productivity in the workspace. It does. Yeah. And then like uh, just going out for a walk, like, you know, like take 20 minutes to go like, you know, in the sun, like you said, just go out for a walk and come back. Yeah. Beautiful advice. And um for anybody who is struggling silently right now, because not everybody talks about it. There are a lot of people who are very smiley, but there is so much behind that smile. Mm -hmm. What is your advice to anybody who may be going through mental uh, illness right now or like mm -hmm. depression or anxiety right now? What's your advice? Um, my advice is um, don't be ashamed. I think I would have to say probably everyone in this world has dealt with it at some point. Oh, yeah. And when they think they're going to be judged or looked down on, that's not the truth because most people have dealt with it, if not all at yeah. some point in their life. So um, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. And there are so many great therapies besides neurofeedback, besides counseling. I mean, there's so many great therapies and you like just doing your research on things that work for you and your yeah. family and don't yeah. be ashamed to ask for help. My God, that was well, mm -hmm. you just rounded up very nicely. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you come to Canada. Like I said, Toronto, start with Toronto, not British Columbia. I'm telling you. Okay. Toronto. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's on the east. East, right? Eastern Standard Time. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So it starts with Toronto. I would love to see a lot of people get this help because it seems like it's working very well for a lot of people in the US. So I would love to see you here. And uh, thank you so much for being a guest and uh, for being part of the Mental Wellness Week in Canada. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks. Until the next episode, everybody, this is day three of five. Uh, 
conversations on mental health. So until the next episode, stay blessed. Take care of yourself, your friends, and your family.